मेरी नेक्स्ट टॉपिक हैप्पीनेस पीस एंड हार्मोनी एच पी एच सो आई रिमेंबर पी एच पी दिस इज एच पी एच हैप्पीनेस पीस एंड हार्मोनी सो आई रिमेंबर एन अदर वर्ड दैट इज पी एच पी वॉट इज पी एच पी पी एच पी वॉज एन इंस्टीट्यूशन started by mashushita the chairman of the mashushita electric company in japan he also started a periodical called php and he wrote a book the name of the book is not for bread alone the name of the book is not for bread alone you know the sentence from the bible a man cannot live by bread alone he wants butter also he wants a house also he wants clothes also and all of with all that he wants latest model car latest model mobile the smart mobile phone and all and on top of that he wants peace of mind and so he gave the name php what is php first prosperity without prosperity you cannot have latest model mobile and latest model car and latest model dress that is the first important thing but that is not enough you must you may have the latest model car you may have seven story building but the doctor says you already got three attacks on heart attack you have three heart attacks so you can't you have to live on the ground floor only and you can't drive your car and uh, for eating you have only tranquilizers and antibiotics so what use of that prosperity so second thing is more important than p prosperity is health both physical and mental not only physical and more much more so mental and then third thing is most important and that is peace of mind so he started an institute called php and also a periodic called php why because the minister of health japan found out 42% of the executives of 44 years and above are suffering from mental disorder and 100 mental hospitals opening on an emergency scale and so they found out that only prosperity is not enough all of us sitting here we have an equation in our mind what is that equation h is directly proportional to m where h is equal to happiness and m is equal to money the more money we will get the more happiness we will get but is it true if statistical analysis of any use there are three countries in the world having highest per capita income america japan and sweden and there are three countries having highest number of suicides what are the three countries america japan and sweden and there are three countries having increasing number of psychic patients what are the countries america japan and sweden so what is the equation h <laughs> is inversely proportional to m but don't take a wrong message i am not saying money is not required money is very much required even for our service activities we need money everybody needs money but money is not the end objective of one's life or money alone cannot bring happiness and peace this is the thing that we are forgetting has money brought all those things so many psychic patients are increasing so many drug addicts are increasing in so called developed countries 
you know happiness industry is the fifth largest industry in the world today so many seminars workshop and magazines and books are coming out happiness is the fifth largest industry and the specialists say soon it will be coming the biggest industry in the world not automobile industry not automobile industry automobile industry is now third largest but now fifth largest is happiness industry and soon it is going to be the biggest industry why everybody wants happiness why because nobody is having happiness so many books are coming out derek humphries has written a book the name of the book is the final exit and the book is also is also exit not available in the market after a long search i got a copy i wanted to know what is all about do you know what is written there how to commit suicide <laughs> various ways of novel ways of committing suicide you know but usual ways are not good you know they are you want novelty how to commit suicide there are various methods that are given in that book how to get final exit from the body so how to commit suicide books are coming out and they are selling like hot cake the best seller book of japan is the complete manual on committing suicide 3.5 lakhs copies sold in one year and some people they committed suicide taking the book in their hand and committing the suicide in the manner in which it was told in the book what is the name of this best seller book of france suicide users manual now they all want to commit suicide so called developed countries with high per capita income they want to commit suicide psychic patients are increasing suicides are increasing so what we thought that money will bring happiness had it brought happiness this would not have taken place london school of economics it uh, carried out a survey what are the countries or the what are the happiest countries of the world so they called they carried out happiness survey i'm talking about a few years back and do you know the country which is the happiest country in the world bangladesh having very low per capita income <laughs> people are very happy uh, they are they are happy with only one fish with little rice that's all but here you got three cars you want fourth car you got three houses you want more fourth you are not satisfied so that is the thing happiness survey found out that so called developed countries are not having happiness that is why dana zohar i referred to the book yesterday dana zohar she is a professor in oxford university she has written a book the name of the book is sq spiritual intelligence the ultimate intelligence where she says neurologically physiologically biologically psychologically from every point of view there is a concluding evidence there is something called sq which is the basis of both iq and eq what is iq intelligence quotient iq will tell you how to play the game of life what is eq emotional quotient eq will tell you how to play the game of life under change circumstances with change strategies and what is sq spiritual quotient spiritual intelligence sq will tell you whether to play the game of life at all or not <laughs> well that is your choice what is the purpose of life what is the ultimate aim of life why are you here on this earth where do we want to go after death what is the ultimate aim of life what is the purpose of life nobody knows 
There's a beautiful Zen story. A horse was galloping at full speed. And somebody asked the person, where are you going? He said, ask the horse. <laughs> because I am not taking the horse. The horse is taking me. So we are not leading the life. Life is leading us. Everybody like a flock of sheep going one after one after another. Where do we want to, you know, all are falling into that well. I will also fall into the well of well of consumerism. Affluenza. Yesterday we talked about affluenza. So all are becoming prey of consumerism, becoming flock of sheep. We have lost the purpose of life. Dana Zohar gives a beautiful story. By the side of the Mexican coast, there was a management consultant from Harvard University. And he saw, just nearby, there was a boat anchored there. And on that boat was a fisherman. He was sleeping. And this consultant said, Hey, what are you doing? This is afternoon. Why are you not fishing? Then he relaxingly said, You see, sir, what happened, you know, in the morning I got a very big catch. And I sold that fish and I got a lot of money. And that is enough for my two days' needs. So my quota is over and I am enjoying. What? Is there any quota system here? You should earn more money. You should go more fishing, then you will get more money. But what shall I do with extra money? I have already got today's money. Well, you should deposit. Deposit? He never heard the word deposit. Yes, open a bank account and deposit. Then go on depositing. And when you got enough money, you purchase the second boat. Then you go further and you get more fishes and then more money. What should I do with extra money? Well, again deposit. And go on depositing and go on increasing the number of fleet. And then there will be a big fleet of boats and you will become CEO of a multinational company. Then move your headquarters from Mexico to New York. And then go all over the world. Have a global market. And then you will prosper, prosper, prosper. Then what? When you will go all over the world marketing for your products, naturally there will be BP high, then there will be blood pressure, then there will be heart problem. And when you already got three bypass surgeries, when the doctor says no more, so then you will retire. Then retire and sell the company. And then come to me, I am an investment expert. <laughs> I will tell you where to invest that money. And I have got the latest market share market rates of all the companies. I will tell you where to invest, how to invest. And when you invest like that wisely, as per my advice, you will get fixed income every month. And you will be able to sleep nicely. I was sleeping nicely. Did you woke me up. <laughs> For sleeping nicely, such a roundabout process. <laughs> Dana Zuhar says, this fisherman has got low IQ. He doesn't know how to make money. But he has got high SQ. He knows the purpose of life. This management expert has got high IQ. He knows how to make money. But he has got low SQ. He doesn't know the purpose of life is to have happiness and peace. So the first thing is that if you really want happiness and peace, let us know the purpose of life is happiness and peace. Money is only a medium for getting happiness and peace. That cannot be the objective of life. 
many wise people so called wise intelligent people they invest 50 years of life in earning money by so much hard work that they give up their health and they lose their health and after that next 50 years they lose money for regaining their health well that is not a piece of wisdom so health is important prosperity of course is important and peace is also important so that is why master shita the chairman of electric message electric company started php an institute called php and a magazine called php so we want hph we want happiness peace and also harmony so the basic purpose is to find out how do we get happiness and peace we are all trying but we are not getting it everybody is in search of peace everybody is in search of happiness so many people yesterday i told you so many people under tension even a small babies under tension because of the stiff competition so one thing is competition the world has been united as never before globalization has come, globalization has come and because of that tiff stuff competition has come so one thing is competition that is taking away the blood of the people sucking the blood and tension has come targets tension all that has come has become a part of our life that is number 1 number 2 generation gap alvin toffler said in his book the future shock many years back the whole society is undergoing transformation at such an accelerated speed that the society would not be able to absorb that shock and that is exactly what is happening today the generation gap is coming the whole society is undergoing transformation at such an accelerated speed that we are not able to absorb that shock you know i am a monk from ramkrishna mission our headquarters in belumat and from there we are directed as to where we have to go we are transferable so at present from 10 years i was i am in baroda before that 8 years i was in porbandar before that i was in rajkot editing a gujarati monthly before that for 10 years i was guiding a rural and tribal development project in chatisgarh that taught me that time it was in bihar so we go on getting transferred so when i was in rajkot at that time many students used to come to me even now they come to me that time a student was coming she was studying in msc microbiology she was a very good speaker we used to hold annual competitions on on uh, allocation competition uh, on the birthday of swami vivekananda so he used to, she used to participate and she used to get first prize very nice speaker now it so happened and she used to give very powerful lecture nowadays the parents do not know how to deal with the youth and the young generation and there is a big generation gap that's how she would give lecture now after the passing this msc microbiology it so happened she became a lecturer in the same college in rajkot after two years she came to me swami ji i used to give lecture on generation gap now my students are coming telling madam you will not understand us there is a generation gap <laughs> you are old fashioned we are younger generation you are not able to understand us there is a generation gap within 2 years generation gap has come just understand 
This is because the society is undergoing transformation at such an accelerated speed. Every moment there is some new electric equipment coming. Every day some new model of mobile is coming, some new model of car is coming. So whole society is undergoing transformation at such an accelerated speed. Technology is moving, the world is moving. So that, that is why it has become very difficult to absorb that shock. Another thing, as I told you yesterday, affluenza, a new word has been added into Oxford Dictionary. Affluenza has come. Affluenza resistance society has been created by the parents in America. And this consumerism has come. Eric Fromm, one of the great psychologists of, the, of our times, has written a beautiful book. The name of the book is To Have or To Be. A very says, a man has become a commodity. He thinks himself like a commodity and sells himself like a commodity. You know, cricketers are sold in IPL. People are sold. Human beings are sold. In, in India, even the bridegrooms are sold. Yeah. If you have a daughter, if you want to get her married, then you have to give dowry. I don't know the latest rate. I'm talking about the old rate. <laughs> if your would-be son-in-law is an engineer, then 40 lakh rupees you have to pay as dowry. If he is a doctor, then 60 lakhs of rupees. And if he is an IS officer, then 1 crore rupees. That is, one ten millions of rupees. Why? Because every day he will bring one million rupees from under the table because he is an IS officer of the government with that corruption. So, bridegrooms are being sold. Man has become a commodity. He thinks himself like a commodity and sells himself like a commodity. Consumerism has come in a big way. We have lost the direction. We have lost what we want and we are going madly in rush, mad rush after money, mad rush after objects, objects, latest model cars and mobiles, and we are searching for peace, but at the wrong place. There was an old woman, she was searching for a needle that she had lost. So one gentleman said, mother, what are you doing for a long time? Oh, you know, my son, I lost the needle, so I am searching. Okay, I will help you. And he also started searching. He couldn't get it. Then he had a tube light. <laughs> he got a tube light in his mind. Then he asked her, Where did you lose the needle? My son, I lost it in that room. Huh? You lost in that room and you're searching here. You know, there is darkness in that room and there is light here, so I'm searching here. <laughs> and that is the story of all of us. We are searching for happiness and peace in latest model cars, latest model mobiles, latest model houses, wrong place. According to Vedanta philosophy, the source of infinite joy, infinite happiness is inside each and every human being. Nityo nityanam, chetanas chetananam, eko bahunam, yo vidhati kaman, tam atmastam, yinu dhira, tesham shanti shashwati, Netaresham. Katopanishad says, inside this consciousness, inside this consciousness, there is a super consciousness. Inside this, this soul, there is a supreme self that is residing there. 
which is the source of infinite joy, infinite peace, infinite happiness. By realizing this Supreme Self alone, you can get this Supreme Bliss, Supreme Happiness and Supreme Peace. You cannot get it from the outside subjects because you are searching for a wrong time, at a wrong place. Kabir, you know, he was a great poet in India of the medieval times. He say he used to compose, he composed a beautiful poem where he said, Moko kaha tu dhunde bande, meto tere paas me, khojo geto abhi milunga, palvar ki talash me. Where are you searching, my dear friend, for peace and happiness? I am the source of happiness and peace, eternal happiness, eternal peace, sitting in your heart and you are searching me outside in the world, I am already there. Moko kaha tu dhunde bande, main tu tere paas me, khojo ge to abhi milunga, palbar ke talash me. The source of infinite joy, infinite happiness, infinite peace is within all of us. Sri Ramakrishna used to say, when you are born as a human being, the purpose of human life is to realize God. But where is God? Well, He is situated in everybody's heart. Says the Bhagavad Gita, Ishwara Sarabhutanam, Riddeshe Arjuna Tishtati, Brahmayan Sarabhutani, Yantra Rudhani Maya, Tameva Sharanam Gacha Sarabhavena Bharata, Tat Prasadat Param Shantim, Sthanam Praptasi Shashratam. God is present in every, every human being like a machine operator. He is moving all the persons like a machine. So he is the... But how do we believe it? Because we are not able to see God. We are not able to realize. How do you believe that God is there? Sri Ramakrishna said, Do you believe I am talking to you? Yes. Why? Because we are seeing you. We are in our front. So we are seeing you. So that is why we fully believe that you are talking to us. Sri Ramakrishna, what did he do? He immediately put this, this type of cloth he had. He covered his face with this cloth. Like this. And he said, can you see me? No. That means I am not here. No, 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 you are here. But you said if you can see, then you are here. If you can't see, you are not here. No, 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 you are here. Then why you are not able to see me? There is a covering. Ah, this is the real thing. The Supreme Self the source of infinite joy, infinite happiness is inside everybody's heart. But we are not able to realize it. We are not able to see it. Why? Because there is a covering. There is a, there is a covering of ignorance. And that is why Kabir says, Gungat ka pat kholare tohe piya milenge. Katuko vachan mat bolare tohe piya milenge. You will get the beloved. You will get the Lord. You will get the source of infinite joy and infinite happiness. But you remove the screen of ignorance. This screen of ignorance, once it is removed, immediately at an instant distance, you will get infinite knowledge, infinite happiness, infinite bliss. But how to remove this covering of ignorance? That is a million dollar question. How to remove this covering so that instantly we get that infinite happiness and peace? Swami Vivekananda gives the reply. In his book on Raj Yoga, in one paragraph, he gives the gist of how to remove this covering of ignorance. He says, each soul is potentially divine. The goal of human life is to manifest this divinity within by controlling nature external and internal. Do this either by work or worship or psychic control or philosophy 
by one or more or all of these and be free. This is the whole of religion. Dogmas, rituals, temples, churches, mosques are but secondary details. So, essence of religion is manifesting the divinity within. How? By four yogas. Jnana Yoga, Raj Yoga, Bhakti Yoga and Karma Yoga. So, if we can practice this Bhakti Yoga, Karma Yoga, Raj Yoga, immediately you will get peace of mind. What is that Raj Yoga? Yesterday I had told about it. Yama, Niyama, Asan, Pranayam, Pratyahar, Dharana, Dhyana and Samadhi. To tell you in, uh, in, uh, to tell you in a uh, brief way, I can say following the moral principles and meditation. That is Raj Yoga. Then Bhakti Yoga, religion of love, loving the Lord. Love the Lord thy heart with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind. That is real religion. That will bring out. So, repeating the mantra, worshipping God, loving God, that is the path of bhakti, path of love, religion of love. That is second. Third, Jnana Yoga, trying to understand our true nature. Who am I? Socrates asked the question, know thyself. Who am I? Am I the body? No. Sometimes we say, my body is not working today. My body is not working. My body is not well today. So that means I am not the body. Then am I the mind? No. Sometimes say, my mind is very sad today. My mood is not good today. That means I am not the mind. Am I the intellect? No, my intellect is not working today. So am I the intellect? No, I have, I have the intellect, but I am not the intellect. Am I the ego? No. You see, I am. I have got a very big ego. Don't talk to me, otherwise I will show you my ego. That means I am not the ego. I have got the ego. So then, am I? So I am not the body. I am not the mind. I am not the intellect. I am not the ego. Then who am I? I am beyond all these. Who is a witness to all that? And which? That is consciousness. With that consciousness, the whole body, mind, everything operates. Once that consciousness is gone, then immediately we have our last rites. Either we go down to the cremation ground or to the graveyard. So this consciousness, this self is really the source. So I am that supreme self. Chidananda Rupa Shivoham Shivoham. So trying to, trying to understand our true nature, that is Jnana Yoga. And the fourth is Karma Yoga, trying to do unselfish service. Swami Vivekananda says, at long last you will understand, not now. At long last you will understand that the best way to become happy is to see that others are happy. And the best way to get peace of mind is to pray for others' peace of mind. Unselfishness is more pain in the long run. But unfortunately, people do not have the patience to practice it. So he used to say, when you start in meditation, start with this prayer, beautiful prayer with which I started. Sarve bhavantu sukhina, sarve santu niramaya, sarve bhadrani pashyantu, ma kashid dukham apnaya. Oh Lord, let all be happy, let all be healthy, let all attain goodness, let none get miserable. What a beautiful prayer, a universal prayer. 
is nothing it is got nothing to do with religion any person even if he or she does not believe in religion he or she may be christian muslim hindu or he or she may not be atheist but still he or she can under, can recite this prayer oh lord let all be happy irrespective of caste creed color religion nationality let all be healthy let all attain goodness what will happen swami vivekananda says if you pray like this a friend of yours who may be thousands of miles away may get peace of mind by your prayer but first you will get peace of mind then he or she will get peace of mind by the very law of karma about which yesterday i had given uh, in detail i had talked about the law of karma yesterday how it is lighthouse principle so this prayer many people have experimentally verified if you pray like this you will get happiness and peace you can start at least if you can't serve others if you can't do service to humanity if you can't do big projects at least this much you can do pray for others even that also will bring instant peace of mind instantly it will bring and many have verified but some people say swami ji we are praying but we are not getting peace of mind i said there is something wrong in your prayer there is if you are not getting happiness and peace by this type of prayer then there is something wrong in the method which you pray you know many people they pray like this oh lord let all be happy minus my mother in law <laughs> oh lord let all be happy minus my wife don't put a bracket there don't put a bracket there if you put a bracket then your prayer is gone that prayer time you should have oh lord let all be happy let all be healthy let all attain goodness let none get miserable if you can really pray and really with if you can make that unselfish prayer you will find the result coming the law of giving is supreme in the mental world as i told you yesterday law of karma the more you give the more comes back to you for the first time we are not talking about corporate social responsibility csr for the first time in the corporate sector this csr was taught by swami vivekananda this management trusteeship management principle was taught by swami vivekananda when swami vivekananda came in chicago to chicago in 1893 as you know he came for that world parliament religions he stayed on here for in europe and america for four more years in 1894 that time the richest person of the world was john d rockefeller the emperor of petroleum industry as you know at that time he was passing through a very bad patch of life very bad phase of life he was so much under tension that all the hair of his head had gone he had become bald and he had become emaciated he was full of tension in fact some people say that he was even contemplating suicide at that time his friend one of his friends suggested why don't you come and meet an indian yogi who has come to my house maybe by getting his advice you may get peace of mind rockefeller said what i to go to a beggar for getting advice i will not go you know we are all beggars <laughs> we are all professional beggars we live on charity so rockefeller refused to go to a beggar but one fine morning suddenly he came to the place where swami vivekananda was staying he called the bell the butler opened the door rockefeller went inside and uh, swami vivekan was not at that time in his drawing room he was in study room 
so without being announced rockefeller entered the study room of swami vivekananda and as you know swami vivekananda had a tremendous power of concentration of mind he will do one thing at a time he was so much absorbed in his study that he did not notice rockefeller standing there rockefeller stood for some time and then he knocked at the table then swami ji stood up, looked at him rockefeller said, i am rockefeller swami vivekan asked what do you want he was not prepared for this type of treatment rockefeller means the president of america would get up and he is the beggar the monk sitting and asking me what do you want so he became very much annoyed i don't want anything why have you come now he had no answer because he had come without invitation <laughs> then swami vivekan said my dear rockefeller i know you why you have come you come here because you do not have peace of mind and then he said my dear rockefeller remember you are not the owner of your wealth you are only a custodian of the wealth given to you by god utilize this money for removing the sufferings of millions of people immediately you will get peace of mind and there is no other way by which you can get peace of mind Now Rockefeller was not prepared to listen to anybody's advice, least of all from a beggar. So he became very much annoyed, and he left abruptly, as abruptly he had come. He left. But after a few days, again he came, <laughs> similar fashion. Called the bell. The butler opened the door. He went inside. Swamiji was not in his drawing room, so he went to the study room. Swamiji was fully absorbed. Again he locked at the table. Swamiji looked up, and then Rockefeller put a piece of paper. on his table in which he had made an announcement of a very huge donation for a public cause when swami ji read it rockefeller said now you must thank me i have followed your advice swami ji said well it is for you to thank me <laughs> because by following my advice you will get peace of mind which cannot be purchased by millions of dollars in the market that was a very huge donation for a public cause i do not know in our books it is not written but when i visited in 2010 my first visit to usa i went to chicago university i found there a big plaque in which it is written that this university of chicago was started with a large donation from john d rockefeller and that was also in 1894 so i think maybe that was the public cause but i am not sure we'll have to find out but one thing is there afterwards rockefeller went on to live for a and a very healthy life he lived by these donations in 2000 in 2013 he started also rockefeller foundation and from this rockefeller foundation no so many researches have been done david borlaug made a research and he found out wheat a drought resistant wheat which saved the millions of people from hunger how he could do it because rockefeller foundation how because rockefeller was given this advice by swami vivekananda that utilize this your money for the public cause and that was done by rockefeller and he went on to live for at the age of 97 years very healthy life and he wrote in his autobiography there is more to living than just earning we have to live for others that is the best way to live he has not given the name of swami vivekananda but all the ideas of swami vivekananda are given there in his autobiography 
whatever it is this karma yoga says live for others do something for others immediately you will get peace of mind that is the best way get to get to peace of mind so i have told told you four basic methods of this getting happiness and peace now we talk about a little bit of harmony you know many families here you got uh, not much problem in india there are many problems because here you got uh, in america you have different types of problem there is no family so no problem <laughs> all are living separately there uh, there is uh, family problems are there because there are so many members in a family so they are quarreling with each other but here there is nobody to quarrel because husband wife living <laughs> separately children living separately so there is no problem whatever it is this harmony in family how it can come i am talking about 17th century in japan there was a prime minister the name of that prime minister was o oson now he had a very large family 200 members it was a joint family now it is we don't have joint family even in india but that time he had a joint family and there were 200 members and it was told about o oson that in his family there is so much of harmony that even dogs also do not fight normally you know dogs they do fight at least at night they can't remain without fighting at least dogs but here it is told even the dogs also do not fight in that family what to talk of family members now the emperor of japan he came to know about it so he came to the prime minister he was an old man oh awesome so he said we have nuclear families very small families and yet there is no harmony and you have such a big family and still having harmony so can you give the secret i want 100 secret mantras 100 secret formulas you give to me which i will circulate in the whole of japan so that every family will have harmony he said okay i will give you 100 secret success formulas for having harmony in family so give me a piece of paper he was given the piece of paper also he was given a pencil he was an old man so he started writing with his shaking hands and he wrote down 100 secret formulas for bringing harmony in families what were the formulas 100 formulas he wrote down forbearance 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 100 times he wrote forbearance <laughs> only one mantra forbear 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 forbearance 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 so holy mother sharda devi used to say you know all the letters are one in in uh, bengali or in hindi or in sanskrit you know there is ka kha ga that will but one letter is comes three times sa 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 sahan karo sahan karo sahan karo forbear 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 so forbearance is the secret mantra by which you can have harmony and peace in life now last thing i will end by the last message of holy mother shri sharada devi 
you know Swami Vivekananda, his masters, this is Arda Devi, the Swami Vivekananda's master was Sri Ramakrishna Paramahansa. There is Ramakrishna Paramahansa photo there in the middle. And also, if you see from another angle, you will get a photograph of Holy Mother Sharda Devi, two in one. Sharda Devi was the consort of Sri Ramakrishna. It was a very, very strange type of marriage, very divine type of marriage, very different type of marriage. Where Sri Ramakrishna used to worship Holy Mother Sharda Devi as Divine Mother, and Sharda Devi used to worship Sri Ramakrishna as Living God. Both used to look upon each other as divine and both used to worship each other. That is a very divine relationship that they had, Holy Mother Sharda Devi and Ramakrishna Dev. An ideal marriage, what could it mean? That is the best that has been given demonstration. Where Sharda Devi says, in my whole life, Sri Ramakrishna never, not that he did not hit me, even by a flower, but he even did not utter a single word of harsh word to me. Only once by mistake he had used a harsh word. He was thinking it is not Sharda Devi but it was his niece. So he said and that also not harsh word. He only used the word Tui. Means rather than Tui, use Tui. That means for the youngsters it is called like that. But for the equal it is word Tui. He used the word because he thought it was his niece and not his wife. Then he came next day morning to the place of Sarada Devi where she was residing. Do you listen to me? Then Sarada Devi said, yes. Please forgive me. She could not understand. Why? Because you know last day, uh, yesterday I told you, uh, Tui, I thought it is uh, Lakshmi, niece. And that is why I used that word. Whole night I could not sleep. So please forgive me. Shardai, what are you talking about? I never felt hurt by that. No, no, no. You please tell me once that I have forgiven. Then only I will get peace of mind. Only once he, he used that. Even that also. That was the wonderful relationship between Sri Ramakrishna and Shardai in ideal marriage. Anyway, when Sri Ramakrishna was married to Sharda Devi, you know, in India, uh, nowadays, the system has changed. Before the marriage, the boy and the girl, they meet each other, they try to know each other, even they go for a outing also sometimes, before marriage. But during olden times, during Sri Ramakrishna's time, that is, I'm talking about 150 years back, that was not the custom. After the marriage, they will have interview. So when Sri Ramakrishna was married to Sharda Devi, first Sri Ramakrishna took the interview of Sharda Devi. He asked her, oh, you have come here to this place, you are married to me. Have you come to bind me down to the world? You see, if you tell me, I will live a worldly life and I will produce children. But if you ask me, I don't want to go into any physical relationship. I want a divine relationship with you. So, but if you say, I will lead a married life, a usual married life. Because I am married to you, you have got the full right. Sharda Devi was a girl of 16 years old, just uh, 16 or 17 years old. She had come from the village. She said, no, 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 I have not come down to bring you down to the worldly level. I have come only to serve you. But I have got one request. You please take me along the same path of spirituality which you are treading. 
And Sri Ramakrishna was very happy that I prayed to Divine Mother so that she will have so much of purity that she will ask, ask, not ask for an ordinary type of relationship. This was the interview took, taken by Sri Ramakrishna. After a few days, both were together in the room. They were alone. Now Sharda Devi took the interview of Sri Ramakrishna. <laughs> she asked, I want to ask one question. Will you reply? Yes, surely. Will you tell the truth? Yes, yes, I will tell the truth. You please tell me truly. How do you look upon me? Then Sri Ramakrishna said, Should I tell you frankly? Yes, I want a frank answer. You know, my mother is there, living on the same quarter opposite, opposite above you. Holy Mother Sharda Devi was staying in, in Navadkana and up on the upper floor, Mother of Ramakrishna, Chandra Devi was staying. You know the mother who is there, that means Chandra Devi. And you know the mother is there in the temple, that means Bhautarini. And here is one mother, really telling you, I look upon you as personification of Divine Mother. For me, all the three are equal. Not that he told orally, but on Falharini Kali Puja day, on 5th June 1872, he made arrangement of special worship in his own room. But he did not bring any image of any Divine Mother. He made his wife sit on the throne. Whole night he worshipped Sarada Devi and then finally he recited the mantra from the Chandi, that is Durga Shaptasati, Sarva Mangala Mangalye, Shive Sarvartha Sadeke, Sharanya Trambake Gauri, Narayani Namasute, Sisti Siti Vinashanam, Shakti Bhute Sanatani, Gunashaya Gunamai, Narayani Namasute, Sharanagata Dinartha Paritrana Parayane, Sarvasyati Hari Devi, Narayani Namasute. He recited that mantra and fell down prostrated before her. And both entered into deep meditation, Samadhi. After a long time, they came back to the conscious level. When this news reached, the mother of Sharda Devi who was living in a nearby village of Calcutta. This all happened in Calcutta. Then she became very much disturbed. My God, my son-in-law, I thought he is half mad, but now I think he is full mad. He used to call his wife as Divine Mother. Now he has worshipped him as worshipped as Divine Mother. Now my dear daughter Sharda Devi will not have any children because he will not maintain any physical relationship, a normal married life. He will not live. So my my dear daughter Sharda will have no children to call her mother, mother, mother. When Sri Ramakrishna heard this news, he told his mother-in-law. Shama Sundari Devi was the mother of Sharda Devi. My dear mother-in-law, don't worry. Your daughter Sharda will be called mother, mother, mother so many by so many people that she will become troubled by the so much of calling. And really it happened. When Sri Ramakrishna passed away, all the disciples of Sri Ramakrishna started looking upon Sharda Devi as the real mother, their mother. Then disciples of Swami Vivekananda, Sister Nevidita, Miss Margaret Noble, Miss MacLeod, Mrs. Oli Bull, all the Western disciples of Swami Vivekananda also started looking upon Sharda Devi. And today, millions and millions of people all over the world look upon her as their own real mother. 
And Sharda Devi was asked, what type of mother you are? You know, I am your real mother. I am not only the wife of your guru. I am not only a mother for the sake of mother, calling mother. No, I am not even your this separate mother. I am your real mother. And then I am the mother of all. That motherhood was there in her. Sharda Devi went on to live to the age of 67 years. Sri Ramakrishna passed away at the age of 51 years. Swami Vivekan passed away in 1902 at the age of 39 years. Sri Ramakrishna passed away at the age of 51 years in 1886. Sharda Devi passed away only in 1920 on 21st July at the age of 67 years. So she lived, made on, went on to live for 37 years guiding the whole Ramakrishna mission. She became the mother of all. Now, just two days before her departure, this is her last message. After that, she has not given any message. She was uh, bedridden and uh, one lady devotee was weeping. Oh mother, you will go away. What will happen to us? She said, don't worry. God will look after you. Then she gave her last message. My dear daughter, if you want peace of mind, if you want peace of mind, remember, always remember, do not look at the faults of others. If you want peace of mind, don't look upon the faults of others. Rather try to see your own fault. Because we sometimes we get joy in seeing the faults of others. It's a great joy. If you really cannot live without seeing the faults, then try to see the fault within yourself rather than seeing in others. Here you will get so many faults if you see your own inner self that the whole life will go in, in recovering from those faults, in purifying, in making good of those faults and you will not have time to see others' faults. So Holy Mother Sharda Devi says, don't look upon others' faults if you want peace of mind. Rather try to see your own faults. Remember, no one is a stranger in this world. The whole world is your own. Because inside each and every human being, irrespective of caste, creed, color, religion, nationality, it is the same divine principle that is working. So don't try to take faults and see faults in others. Try to serve others irrespective of caste, creed, color, the religion, nationality. This is the last message of Holy Sharda, Holy Mother Sharda Devi. And why, what is the importance about it that she personally, she really herself practiced it. She could not see anybody's fault. Nobody's fault she could see. One day she was worshipping in the worship room in Calcutta. That time a young girl came and she was weeping bitterly. Then Holy, then Sharda Devi said, Oh, who is weeping there? Please come inside. Then that girl started weeping more and more, more loudly. Mother, I cannot enter your room because I lost my character. I lost my character and I have made, I committed a sin. And so I cannot enter your presence. Holy Mother Sharda Devi was worshipping. She came out of the room and she embraced that girl. My dear daughter, don't worry. Now you come to know your fault. Forget about that fault. Start a new life. Come inside. She gave her prasad. She gave her food. She gave her mantra. Repeat this mantra. 
name of God is so powerful. Millions of births, evils, they all get away. Even if you committed thousands of crimes, millions of crimes, through thousands of births, the name of the Lord is so powerful. By taking the name of the Lord, all these sins will be wiped out, washed out. Don't worry. Start a new life. She could never see fault in anybody. And so many people complain, why you are not able to see fault in others? Then Holy Mothers are there. So many people see for seeing fault of others. If I am not seeing the fault of others, what happens? In the whole life, she could not see the fault of others. She said, I am the mother of the virtuous. I am also the mother of the wicked. Any amount of sin you have committed, come to me. I will take me in my lap. Don't worry. I am the mother, your mother. Whatever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are, worry, don't worry. I am your mother. I will take you in, the, in my lap. That is the great consolation he used to give. There was a Muslim dacoit. He was a dacoit. But he came to Madhi, Mother Sharda Devi and said, Mother, I want to offer this. Yes, my dear son, I will take and then her house it was a mud house it was to be repaired so she employed amjad muslim decoyed for repairing the house and the whole the villagers they became very much disturbed because in india at that time there was a lot of casteism particularly a muslim of the uh, muslim uh, other community person would not be tolerated not only that he was a decoyed apart from that they said why are you inviting him to give the repair house? Holy Mother Sharda Devi gave a beautiful reply. You know, these Muslim people, they were all doing business of selling the silk worm. But these British people, they came and they snatched away their business. Now, they have their families. So they are, they are that is why they are going, doing this decoity and they are doing this type of snatching away things. Why? Because they don't have anything to eat. If I don't give them employment, they will do it more. That is why I am giving them employment. I am giving them money. So they will not go for decoity. So she did not listen to the villagers. She gave employment to that Amjad Muslim decoit who had become the devotee, her devotee. Now it was afternoon. So they called Amjad, please get down from Shiva. He was upstairs doing some patchwork. Come down. It's a time for lunch. Two, three times they asked, but he said, okay, coming, coming, coming. Then the people said, why Amjad, you are not coming? Mother has not taken food because of you. She is hungry. Then immediately he came, she came down and said, mother, he told Sharda Devi, you should have taken food. I could have taken later on. Holy Mother said, what do you say? Can any mother eat food before her son has taken food? Is it possible? Then Amjad started weeping because his own mother did not love him because he was doing dacoit, he had gone to jail. But who is Sarda Devi? I don't know her and she is a stranger and she says, I will not take food without you have taken food because you are my son. So Sarda Devi could never see any fault in anybody and she said, People are saying, I am not having peace of mind, I am under tension. But I still do not know what is lack of peace of mind. Ashanti kake bole ami ekhono jani na. I do not know what is Ashanti. Isn't today, that is a word in dictionary, but I could not feel any Ashanti. When she was there in that small room, I am giving a real story. Few years back, 
uh, I was in uh, I was in Rotary Club. There was a you know International Rotary Club. There was a meeting, and I had gone from Baroda to give a lecture in some place in Rajkot. So second day, a lady came to meet me, and said, "Swamiji, you have saved me. Why?" Because I was thinking of committing suicide, but after listening to your lecture on this happiness and peace, so I thought, no, I should try for more happiness and peace rather than committing suicide. I said, why you are trying for committing suicide? What is the reason? I wanted to give counselling. She said, you know, I was I have been telling my husband to purchase a new house, but uh, he was not uh, following my this one request. And so I thought, let me end my life. Huh? Just for a house? So are you living in a rented house? No, we have our own house, but very old-fashioned, you know. I feel so much insulted. I have my all my friends have got so beautiful houses. I cannot invite them also. And it's a small house, only five rooms. <laughs> I said, okay, if you want to commit suicide, okay, you do. I have got books also on how to commit suicide. I'll give you. <laughs> But before that, can you follow me? Can you wait for one more week? Okay, I'll wait for one week. Then I said, after one week, if you want, you can commit suicide. But you first read this book. I gave her a book on life of Sharda Devi. And I said, Sharda Devi used to live, you know, Sri Ramakrishna's room in Dakshineshwar, opposite there was a room. What was the size of that room? Six feet by six feet by six feet. Six feet by six feet by six feet, and the height was eight feet, and the door was only four feet. Many times she and she was very tall. She had she struck her head so many times, and there was so much of bleeding. In that small room, hexagonal room, six feet by six feet by six feet, that was her bedroom, that was her kitchen, that was her dining room, that was her guest room because all the women devotees would stay there with her. She could not lie down because her height was there. She could not fully stretch her legs. She had to do like this. And that was her storeroom also. The vegetables will be hanging from below. So if she goes up, then the vegetables will come. If she goes here, the walls will come. In that room, she lived for 14 years. And she said, when I was living in Dakshineshwar in that room, I felt so much happiness and peace as if somebody has put the full jug full jug of peace and happiness and nectar in my heart. I used to feel that much happiness and peace in that room. And you have got six rooms and still you are feeling that this is not enough. Read the book of Sarda Devi, Holy Mother Shri Sharda Devi. Then she read the book, she's still alive. I, just a few days back I went to Rajkot and saw she's alive. But now another problem has come. <laughs> another problem has come with her. Her daughter has grown up and her husband has got her a new house of 12 rooms. All the 12 rooms are now fully blocked because both mother and daughter have got a one only hobby, only one hobby, shopping. So every day they go to the malls and whatever is in the malls, they put their they bring it to the house. All the 12 rooms are there is nothing to leave now. Everything is full of these items. So now again there is a problem. This is consumerism. This is what we are falling out. So, such a simple life of Sharda Devi, beautiful life, if you go through that, that is our last message. If you want peace of mind, don't look at the faults of others, 
rather try to see your own faults. Now just remember, if a husband looks upon his wife as a, as a principle of divinity, there is divine in all. There is divine in all. Sri Holy Mother Sardis, nobody is a stranger. Each and every one has got God within. Now, if the husband tries to look upon his wife like Sri Ramakrishna looking upon his wife as Divine Mother, as the center of divinity, and there may be thousands of faults in his wife, but if he tries to remember one good point in his wife, one good point, try to find out one good point in your wife, just one. Can you find out one good quality in your wife? One. There may be millions of mistakes you may have, millions of negative marks. Any one positive quality your wife has got, remember that. And if your wife and the wife looks upon her husband as the manifestation of divinity and tries to forget all the thousands of bad qualities that her husband has, tries to remember one good quality that her husband got, at least one good quality. If the parents try to look over the children as manifestation of divinity and try to forget all the bad qualities that the children have got, at least one good quality the children have got if they try to remember. If the children try to remember the good qualities of their parents and if all of us try to forget the bad qualities in others and try to remember some good qualities in others, if we try to forget all the faults and try to see the divinity in others, there will be peace of mind. I end with a beautiful song. Sri Ramakrishna was a great singer. Swami Vivekananda also was a great singer. Whenever Swami Vivekananda would come, at that time he was a college student. His name was Naren Nadat. He was the son of a lawyer. Sri Ramakrishna would say, Naren, please sing song. And Naren would sing song. Then Naren will say, I am going. No, you cannot go before you have sung that my favorite song. And that was the favorite song of Sri Ramakrishna also. Shardari also. What was that song? That was the song written by the last Mughal emperor, Bahadur Shah Zafar. Tujse humne dil ko lagaya, jo kuch hai so tu hi hai, ek tujko apna paya, jo kuch hai so. Though it was a Sufi saint, Bahadur Shah Zafar was a Sufi saint, but the message that is given in the song is nothing but the Vedanta philosophy. Oh Lord, you are present in everyone. Each and every human being is a demonstration of that divinity. Sabke makan, dil ka makin tu, kaun sa dil hai, jis mein nahi tu, har ek dil mein tu hi samaya, jo kuch asu tu hi hai. Inside everybody's heart, oh Lord, you are present. Kaaba mein kya, deval mein kya, teri parvarish hogi sabhaja, sabhi na tujko sera jukaya, jo kuch asu tu hi hai. You are present God, you are present in temples, in churches, in mosques, everywhere, oh Lord, you are present. Kya malai, kya insan, kya hindu, kya musalman, jaisa chaha tu ne banaya. Inside every human being is the same God present. Arsh se lekar farsh zameen tak Aur zameen se arsh bari tak Jahan mein dekha Tuhi nazar aya Jo kuch hai se tuhi Oh Lord you are present everywhere Isha vas midam sarvam yatkincha jagat tiyam jagat Tena taktena bhunji tha Ma gada kasa siddhanam That is the shloka from the Isha vas Shupanishad The divinity present in everywhere Now the modern quantum mechanism has proved That is the holistic universe Bell's theorem states that all the particles of the whole universe are interconnected at a deeper level. And David Bohm, a Nobel Prize physicist, has very experimentally proved that the whole universe is a holistic universe. And that is why Schrodinger says, Consciousness 
is a singular of which the plural is unknown. Consciousness is a singular of which the plural is unknown. It is the one universal consciousness permeating all of us inside you, inside me, inside that evil person, inside that sinner, inside that virtuous person, inside that saint, everywhere, inside every human being, irrespective of caste, creed, color, religion, nationality is the same divinity present. Let us respect that divinity. The more we respect that divinity, the more we love that divinity, the more we try to serve that divinity, irrespective of caste, color, religion, nationality, peace will automatically come to us. There will be harmony in family, there will be harmony in the society, there will be harmony in the nation, there will be harmony in the whole world. If we can follow this teaching, that's the holistic universe, it is one universal consciousness permeating the whole world. That is why the last thing is socha, samja, dekha, bhala, tujjai sana koi dhund nikala, ab ye samaj mein zafar ki aya, jo kuch hai, sab tu hi hai. Thank you very much.